Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. It's Danessa. And James Vincent. And this is the Makeup Show Podcast. Although, you know, Jeremy was, of course, always complaining, but he was saying right before we started about the names that he wanted to call the podcast. Oh, my God. They were really good ones. We're going to do this right now. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Let's just do it. Because we went with the Makeup Show Podcast because we thought that just says exactly what it is. Although it is a super long name when you look at it on the site. Well, the name officially is The Makeup Show Podcast with Danessa Myricks and James Vincent. It's a little wordy. <laughs> that is kind of long. Why? I don't understand why it says that. You know how verbose you are? I didn't name it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the alternative would have been Show Us Your Kits with <laughs> Danessa and James Vincent. I like that one. <laughs> Or tasteful nudes. Tasteful nudes, nudes with Dan- see, you know, once you put the names with it, it kind of sounds like a porno. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's where that's where Jeremy's brain goes. That's true. We don't need the names. We did a lot. Well, so this episode is going off the rails already. Off the rails. You can edit it out. You no, can edit it. Out. I but it. I, I love it, and I'm legit excited. And we did a little teaser. I really really, really wanted to do a deep dive and unpack the artistry of those two amazing divas that were with us last week. I'm right here with you. So this week we are on it. We did not let this opportunity go by. It's all about art, infusing art into artistry. And we have the artists of all artists. I have to say, the ladies that are here with us um, for this episode are beyond inspiring. You know, you know how you think that, you know, you've had a little bit of success in makeup and that you're doing okay. And then you see somebody do something that almost brings you to tears. Oh my God. And you're like, I have so much more to learn. That's how I feel when I'm with Lija and Yvonne. That's why I only ever want to hang out with you and Lija and Yvonne. (laughs) <laughs> I love you. Like, I'm locking the doors. No one's leaving today. I don't mind. You guys, if you were here, this is the most comfortable space you can ever be in. It's something, it's something that he puts in the candle. I don't know. There is a candle that no one knows the name of when you first walk in. So, I don't know. It's called chloroform. And that's how it- <laughs> When you all wake up in some type of sod then you'll really know. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome, welcome to the ladies. Welcome back, guys. Oh Thank you so much for agreeing to come back. Like That intro? I was like, who's coming? I can't wait to meet them. <laughs> oh my God, you're crazy. First of all, our listeners went nuts just hearing you guys' voices and hearing your stories. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, we, of course, wanted you back, but everyone who listened in- to the last episode wanted you back, too. So, thank you thank so you. much. I think the other piece, too, that we're so fortunate because we have so many programs coming up. where We've been spending so much time together. Yeah. And we're going to be with these two gorgeous girls um, coming up because we've got programs, and we are going to be really featuring some of our favorite artists on the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And these two, uh, you know, I, I said it in the last episode, I call Yvonne, Yvonne the artist, like to her face. I'm like, hey, Yvonne the artist. And she's like, just call me Yvonne. I started responding to it. I think Lijah and Yvonne are two of the most creative oh, artists yeah. that are working, but I think what 
I really love about the way they work is they can incorporate art. They can take the esoteric and tie it into their aesthetic in a way that feels very real. And while I think they have both developed an artistic style in their makeup, they are also managed to make that work for different brands and different clients. And I think that is such an essential skill for a successful artist. So I'm excited to explore this topic today and get some real advice from these two gorgeous girls. And Danessa Myricks, let's be honest, like... Bomb-ass artist. Yeah. It, but you very really, different. Very different style. because Inspiring. every artist has their own style. Ugh. But I think that your work, your aesthetic, the makeup that you do, the glow that you give, the product that you've developed really works the way that artists think and that you have managed to develop a makeup line that fits very easily oh into an artist's design. And that's why it's so successful. Well, I really appreciate that. But I have to tell you, like, have you ever sat in a class with these two? Uh, yeah, I'm like obsessed. I, pr- I think I think Yvonne had a restraining order out on me <laughs> yeah. at one point. As a matter of fact, like yeah, I was banned her. from their classes. Yes. We'll have that discussion later. Um, <laughs> no. But I remember sitting in one of their classes at the makeup show and like literally I just forgot that there were all these other students in the room and it was like my class. <laughs> I was just like, and so, and, and this, and, and, and actually this, like, they are. They have so much information. The way that they utilize texture and color, the way their mind works. Like literally, if I can just sit on their laps for like two weeks, you can. I would emerge. <laughs> what if we just talked about them the whole episode Wait, and never let them talk? I know, right? Oh, like, oh, right. Danessa and I are talking. You guys just have to listen to us talk <laughs> about yeah, you. Yeah, totally. guys, since we're totally having a fangirl moment, since yeah. we're going into a fangirl moment, I just want to say that. Your products that you create, Danessa, like, I use them in a way, we use them in a way that feels slightly weird and stalkery. Maybe they work for you. People don't know. People don't and it's know. Gen- it's really because the products that you create are so amazing, so you. versatile. The colors that you create can literally do anything. Anything. That when... I'm working. I'm like, oh, and this is Danessa Myricks, and this is Danessa Myricks, and this is Danessa Myricks. Yeah, and I remember when you yeah. sat in our class, and I was like, girl, why are you here? You're doing nothing but making me so nervous because you already know much. every damn thing I'm doing because I'm using every single one <laughs> no, of your products. No, but like, I literally so iconic, and you are so oh amazing. God, I love you guys. I was like, please do not sit in our. No, class. I quote you both so much. Um, <laughs> okay. Like seeing you Seriously. put the powder in the foundation that way, like that literally is a thing that I talk about. Not to mention the fact that last year I had a challenge with my team and I was just like, you know, Color Fix is like my favorite product. I know that we can find a hundred ways to use it. Like they found 125, 150. Like you two are like the most brilliant artists ever. And, you know, one of the questions that we get asked a lot is like, how can you be creative? What do you, how did you think of these ideas? Like that's why we thought it was important to have this discussion. Like how do you infuse the art into your artistry? And you guys, there's no one else that we can have this conversation with. But the two no, of you. I think we're both we're really honored. We know how busy you guys are. We know that uh, you both have photo shoots tomorrow and early call time. They're kind of hating, and us. we're just keeping you here talking. <laughs> okay. So I want to just before we kind of get into some of the detail and some of your advice, I want to know for the three of you: When did you first know that you were an artist? We'll start with Elijah. 
So when I was growing up, my best friend was a fine artist. She, I remember it was for Teen Beat magazine. Oh my God, I I love Teen Beat. I used to go to the um, library and rip out the pages from (laughs) Teen Beat and Tiger Beat. Yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. She drew a picture of Jonathan Taylor Thomas to the T. To the freaking T. So we used to take art classes together. And she could draw this realism in a way. She's still one of my best friends. Her name's Hillary. And she could draw realism in a way that was so incredible. I thought to myself, I'm not an artist. She's an artist. There's no way that I could ever create like that. And so I am very passionate about these ideas that we tell ourselves as children that we keep into our adulthood. So mm-hmm. I didn't really realize I was – I still don't think I'm an artist, guys. I know exactly what Do you, you know mean. what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I think that we internalize these ideas and these decisions that we make. I was probably – I was probably um, maybe 12 years old when I made that decision that mm-hmm. I wasn't an artist. Yeah. And um, I, I'm passionate – about unpacking those ideas and throwing out what no longer serves us. So right. I still don't think I'm an artist, but I'm going to declare here that I am an artist and yes. that I I deserve to create art and I, my art deserves to be seen. Absolutely. I love that, babe. Squeaky, <laughs> <laughs> squeaky, what is it? Squish, squish, squish. There's lots of tear emojis like floating mm-hmm. around right now. Yvonne, same question for you. When did you first realize that you were an artist? I'm, I'm lucky to have had um, a father who was really artistic. He's a musician by trade, but would always draw like little cartoons and stuff. And we would sit down and he always supported my artistry. I mean, I would for Christmas, I would get little like paint by number kits or sketchbooks. And even through like I lived with him, I grew up with my dad. He would buy me like sketchbooks and art pencils and he would just surprise me with things like that. And it was you know, my my whole life, I grew up kind of sketching, drawing, playing with art. And, you know, there was no expectation other than just to, to support something that I had naturally. And so I think that like the makeup artistry started actually quite early. My mom, after many years of soul searching and like graduating high school and going and traveling, and, oh, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know. I think I need to do something with art, but I don't want to have to do something that like I have to be inspired by because I don't know if I'll be able to create on demand and all those questions. She told me that I would take like pencil crayons, like Crayola pencil crayons and put them in hot water when I was like five and then paint on me and my brother's face and create characters and use like silly putty to like create like prosthetic noses. And I turned him into the penguin one time. And and so she told me all these years later that I was always doing that. She's like, Oh, you you probably, but you know where I grew up, there was, it was such a small town. Makeup artistry was not a a career. It wasn't a thing. And so it wasn't until I was like 25 moved out for many years and moved to another city completely far away and and until I discovered, oh, this is what I've kind of been doing. And wait, people are actually getting paid for this. So I think I always identified as an artist, but makeup artistry was a big transition for me to think, oh, okay, this is actually something I can do and and make a career out of. I love that. Mm -hmm. Janessa, what about you? Because you come into this in a very different way it's really funny i never thought about being an artist until i became an artist and took a look back at my childhood my mom actually reminded me of this um we talked about this i grew up super super poor but my mother you know we lived in like the poorest of the poorest neighborhoods but she wanted us to be cultured and um to 
to see things outside of our neighborhood. So she always infused art into our lives. So even if it was as simple as giving us like colored pencils and sketch paper, I was obsessed with origami with one trip to the museum. I, you know, I always loved um, the watercolors, you know, you can go to the dollar store and get the watercolor mm-hmm. palette. So we were always coloring and drawing. It was the one thing that we can afford, mm-hmm. you know, pencils, crayons, paint, play-doh so it was the same thing yeah Yeah. we didn't buy skates we made the skates Mm -hmm. you know like we didn't buy doll houses we used milk cartons and cut out the windows so we were always creating as kids um but i didn't think about that until recently but i've always been a creative person but much like the two of you mentioned it's not something that you look at as a career path you know Mm -hmm. my parents were always like Somebody has to go to college. Some had to, has to get a great corporate mm-hmm. job, you know, retire, that whole thing. So it never, the two worlds never yeah. met for me. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until later, like now, when I was old, <laughs> that I realized that, you know, my passions lie in the art of creating things. I love yeah. That. I think it's funny because Lija's story is similar to mine. I think I didn't really grow up um, knowing art but my mother had boys and she you know we didn't they worked really hard and so she would take us to museums or libraries and I Mm -hmm. just fell in love with color and texture but I didn't have language for it and then my parents worked hard so that I could take some art classes which isn't easy you know when you have multiple kids and stuff and I struggled because there were other people in the class who could do these really realistic drawings and I couldn't. And I think that I thought that art was recreating something. Mm. And then I had an art teacher who helped me tap into my creativity. And so I think I I always wrote poems and I always loved music. And I, I, you know, I went to school on a theater scholarship. So performance art was always... I, I mean, I, I'm admitting it here publicly, but I would write, uh, you know, performance poetry, but visual art really escaped me. And even now I struggle with that because I'm not a creative makeup artist. When I put my work next to other people, my work is very straightforward beauty. So I think giving myself the title of artist is difficult for me in that I'm not traditionally artistic, I would say. For our listeners who are trying to incorporate more art and to be more art-driven in their makeup design and application, what type of advice would you offer to them? I think, well, in my experience, all art is, is thoughtful. And we are in this space in time where we can be self-taught and that's amazing i think as makeup artists we need to look outside of just other people's makeup artistry and absolutely look at fundamentals of art because they will that's the that's the time tested true you know, thing that's not going to go away. And it's the science behind what we do. It's the fact, it's the tangible Mm -hmm. behind what we can base all of our decisions on, whether good or bad. And it's the place where you'll find yourself making sense of what you're creating. So you can feel better at the end of something and you can feel like, okay, I understand why 
I did what I did. Or even when you're editing your work, we're all evolving as artists. And if you can't look at your work objectively with some sort of criteria or Mm -hmm. something to base your decisions on, you're just floating around. And in my experience, it doesn't feel fulfilling. It doesn't feel authentic. And it doesn't feel like, you know, I can feel proud of something that I know, whether it's you know, by my standards, good or bad, I at least can look at something objectively. And, you know, in my years, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I've applied fine art uh, to my makeup artistry. And it's actually helped me not only define what I do and differentiate what I do as an artist, but it's helped me grow and objectively move you know, into my own path, into my own, what makes me different. And then also it's helped me elevate other artists in the community. And it's helped me be able to, to share and to help people understand why they may not love something or why maybe something doesn't look as great as they mm-hmm. wish it would. And it's, you know, texture, it's placement, it's color theory, it's bone structure, morphology. You know, there's so many things that go into art. Um, and it, it really does apply to makeup artistry just as much as it does any other medium. And I think we need to be responsible with what we do and what we create as artists. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And also like, I found this just understanding the fundamentals makes your work duplicatable because if you can't do it again, yeah. then yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> then, yeah. Then yeah. it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. useless. Yeah. I think every art medium that we explore only strengthens our next art medium. Mm. And so I think as human beings, we like to label things as either good or bad. And we do that with everything. Yeah. Um, I consider myself a little bit of an anarchist and, but even though we're socialized to think this is good and this is bad. So being able to drop those boundaries and just create, just pick up an airbrush, pick up a pencil and a piece of paper, try watercolors, go get an acrylic set and just do it and don't label it. Drop the labels. Just let yourself have free form creation being able to bring that to your artistry is such a huge piece. And that's another thing that I'm very passionate about, which is this idea around ritual. And James knows I use Rebel and Outlaws. I mean, I already had my fangirl moment with Danessa, but I'm going to take my opportunity to have my fangirl moment with James as well. Um, ritual setting and setting the space for our creative time is so important as mm, artists. Yeah. And so, you know, we do all these things to prepare ourselves. And what I like to say is like a military sergeant where we're like, I got to show up tomorrow. I got to be fucking awesome. Sorry, fuck's yeah. my favorite word. Yeah, and, and I need to just come. I need to be badass. I need to blow everyone's sock off. I need to create something that no one's ever seen before. And we prepare ourselves in this way that is not nurturing, that's right. not loving, that involves oh no self-care. Yes. Yes. And so I'm very passionate with this idea around having time to set space for creation. I love that. Mm. Are, are, you know, what are we doing? And that could be anything. You know, James and I, we talk a lot about breath work. I love, I love doing breath work. I'm a breath work facilitator. But even sitting in front of a candle and watching the flame fl- yeah. Flickle, yeah. flicker yeah. back and forth can be a form of self-care, can be a form of meditation. So um, I think taking the time to be creative and taking the time to be inspired. I love that. For me, it was like developing your aesthetic. Like I know that my makeup work is very straightforward and more commercial. Um, but I think that I am inspired by artists who really kind of live their aesthetic. And I think if someone came into my home, 
as you guys are surrounded by candles and cards and sage, um, I think that my home, the way that I dress, the way that I live my life, the politics that I stand behind, all feel very connected to the art that I create. And so I think that for me, finding myself as an artist was really discovering more than just the ability to hold a brush. It was really about pulling pieces from the internal and sharing them externally. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of found my place and ability to call myself artist, Mm -hmm. you know. I would love to hear from you guys because, you know, we all hear this question um, because there are people who really do believe that they're not creative and they don't Mm -hmm. look at things artistically and they really want to understand art and expressing art in a very, like, theoretical concept type way where like like you tell me what to do and I will repeat these steps and mm. I can be artistic. So we know that there it, there's so much more that goes into it, but if there was a reference that you can give um, our listeners of something they can watch or something they can read or an exercise that they can do to start opening them up to be a little bit more creative, what are some tips that you can give them? So I think if you're already doing makeup, and you're already, I think if you're already doing makeup and you're already um, seeing uh, values of light and dark, mm-hmm. you are an artist. Right. And you are creative. And so I think, one, give yourself more credit. I love that. Two, I think that you have to really create from a place that feels authentic for you. So if smearing color all over face, like, you know, Yvonne does these amazing face paintings with dripping color, doesn't feel like you, don't don't do do it. it. If glossy eyes with bold color... Don't do it. Yeah. If edit if 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 what James does, which is these like smoky rock and roll eyes, doesn't feel like you, don't do it. Love and I think it. we're living in this culture of Instagram recreating what we see, doing exactly doing whatever you can to get the likes. If it doesn't feel authentic, put it down. Don't do it. I love hey, that. This is this so is perfect. The, this is the gold right there. I'm gonna contradict my wife. Right now, sorry, and then we're gonna wrestle, (laughs) and then we're gonna wrestle, mud wrestle, mud wrestle, and colorful. (laughs) No, I think there. I I understand what you're saying, and absolutely, I live every breath of my life with as much authenticity as I possibly can. However, I learned something a few years ago that kind of changed my perspective as an artist, Um, because authenticity is so important to me. I remember going to, um, I was in Florida for a work trip and I made my way down to the Salvador Dali Museum. Dali has been one of my most, the biggest inspirations. Uh, his art has inspired me and has just captivated me since I was young. And I, I ear hustled an art tour that someone else was giving. And I remember her saying that in, in Salvador Dali's young years, he actually recreated Picasso's art. Because that was one of the greats of his time, and that's who inspired him. And you could see the evolution of his artistry through recreating bowls of fruit and and inanimate objects to this surrealism that he's known for today. And he wouldn't have made it there if he didn't study the greats. So what I will say is that you can absolutely steal like an artist. Take bits and pieces from all of the things that you are attracted to, but understand where their inspiration comes from and really be 
curious as an artist, go deeper, find out who the greats were inspired by, and then take a look at what they were doing differently. Really, at the end of the day, you know, you can recreate something. And sometimes... If you recreate something, this is actually an excerpt from my favorite book, Steal Like an Artist. Mm -hmm. If something was said and no one was listening, maybe it's time for it to be said Said again. Said again. I love that. So I think that it it will always change. You always, like, be in authenticity, you're going to want to put your spin on it. And if you take bits and pieces from all the things that you're inspired by and you create something, it's always going to be different anyway. So yes, and... I think that there's a piece that you can learn to apprentice from the greats that might not be with us or from people that you're inspired by. But I will agree with you in the sense that, you know, in the world of social media, we can scroll and scroll and scroll and recreate all we want. But make sure that you're there's an intention there yet again and you're focusing on, hey, I want to pull this because I want to adapt this as my own tool, my own skill set. Mm-hmm. Not I want to do that liner that she did and then that's it. Check the box. It doesn't work that way. Right. I I think too the the other piece here because I I'm agreeing with everything both of you are saying, but I think the other piece is that we don't work as fine artists. We work in commerce as well. Yes. So you've got to sometimes create work that mm-hmm. might not be your aesthetic or ideal. Mm-hmm. And so that's where perhaps looking at what the masters have done allows you to create different makeup styles. For me, my style is very minimal as a makeup artist, but I think I can mimic what other makeup artists do from years of assisting. Like I can look at someone's makeup and recreate it very quickly and easily because I exercise those Mm -hmm. muscles Mm -hmm. as an assistant. Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about two different things. I think we're talking about copying makeup versus copying fine art. And I want to continue my story. So my my story that I shared with you guys in the beginning about how I didn't feel like an artist, my best friend was an amazing, uh, you know, portrait artist. I, I spent probably from the age of around 12 until about 22 believing I wasn't an artist. I was already a makeup artist and I started really loving doing face charts and creating like three-dimensional effects Mm. on face charts. And so I decided I was going to take art classes and start to teach myself how to draw. And it was so crazy because the act of knowing makeup artistry, so I like took art classes when I was younger, was only okay Definitely was better at anything that was kind of like swirly or fake or didn't involve any sort of realism. Then left that, became a makeup artist, went back to learning art. And by copying the greats Mm -hmm. and by copying beautiful images that I loved and saw, Mm -hmm. I actually became a fine artist. Which is so crazy. Which is so crazy. And that's why I say every art medium only strengthens your next art medium. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have an opportunity to take a class at a makeup show or anywhere that you can take a class and and learn a new skill, whether it's skin, whether it's airbrush, Mm -hmm. whether it's body painting, just do it. Yeah. I mean, really take a fine art class. Go to a library, go to a museum, learn as yeah, much as you can. You're never going to regret learning a new way to paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's only going to help you elevate everything else that you do. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got to push to find your own place. I think we're talking about artists like Picasso and Dali, who at one point the world looked at them and didn't recognize 
their art as fine art. You mm-hmm. know, we saw expressionists and impressionists kind of looked down upon by the big artists that were working at that time. Mm-hmm. We've seen artists who have never been discovered in fine art until after they've passed away. As a makeup artist, you've got to kind of push every day. And I know we're going to put a pin in this and close it, but I do want to give just a little bit of concrete information. So what we talk about when we're looking at the elements of art in makeup that share the elements of art with fine art, we talk about a lot. Line, shape, form, value, space, color, and texture. Google it. I talk about it all the time. But if you want to become more creative in your art, if you want to add creativity to the makeup that you're designing and applying, then you can look to the principles of art. The principles of art are rhythm, balance, emphasis, gradation, harmony, variety, and movement. And if you can start looking at fine art and bringing in these principles of art, the idea of how is this color moving? What is the rhythm that I'm developing in my application? What is the balance that's happening in this beauty makeup that I'm designing? These are easy ways to tie in creativity from a more fine art perspective into the commercial art that we create as makeup artists and really create living art. Don't be afraid to do your research. Don't be afraid to borrow from these fine artists and find Mm -hmm. your inspirations in the galleries and museums that we have all over the place surrounding us all the time. Mm -hmm. One of the things I also like to tell, first of all, you're amazing. There's always some, there's always like this jewel dropping that occurs. You like, you are just like a plethora of information. Um, it's a joy to know you. Um, oh, this is a little love fest. No, love it's amazing. Fast, love fest. One of the things, um, when I get asked this question, I, I like to tell um, students or artists to even start with something as simple as exaggerating basic concepts. Because just exaggerating something that you would naturally do will create something that looks a little bit more artistic. So taking your basic wing liner and turning it into something else, dial it up by three. Um, taking your basic contour, dial it up by three. Mm-hmm. Dial it up using a non-traditional color. If you were going to use a taupe, use something else, and that's going to look very artistic. So even if you just take something very basic that you feel confident about, your brow, whatever it is, and just multiply it, amplify it, and start mm-hmm. there. Do you guys have any other, like, maybe tips oh God, that you I can give? everything you guys I have shared. Oh I, mean, I, mean, I mean, all of those <laughs> things. Every, I mean, everything that you guys both said. And include your heart. Yeah. Include your soul. Remember yeah. that creativity doesn't come from your brain. It doesn't come from overthinking or overanalyzing. Creativity comes from your heart and it comes from your hand. So let it flow, babies. Oh, see, nothing flow. can be said after that. You know, in English, I say all the time, we're very fortunate because in English, our title is Makeup artist and with that title comes responsibility but also comes the freedom to create and to be part of this amazing industry that we love so much and i want to thank our lovely lipstick queers for oh being with gosh. us again this week thank these are three us. women surrounding me who i believe to be some of the most creative and inspiring working today and to sit next to you and stand next to you on stage and share space with you as an artist for me really is one of the most humbling and greatest honors in my life. Right so thank you for you everything. Thank you, James. I do want to say you guys not only walk the walk, 
talk the talk, you walk the walk. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> you dance the dance. You you, yeah, all of that. And you live, you, you laugh, you love. All of those things. And um, you have some immersive experiences that you do create for makeup artists to really like get in to the flow. Um, so can you talk to them just really quickly about that and how they can get some more information about these really innovative workshops that you offer? Yes. So we teach something called the Creative Makeup Bootcamp, and it's a combination of what we call both art and soul. And so we teach, of course, creative design and creative makeup, but we also teach um, the internal part of harnessing your creativity Ooh. and spending time. So that sounds so sexy. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> spending time on the rituals that we take before we create and really changing our mindsets. If you don't feel like you're an artist, what are you doing to release that limiting belief? If you feel like there's something around money or around your abilities that stop you from creating, what are you doing to question those those thoughts? Um, and so that's what we're really passionate about at the Creative Makeup Bootcamp. And we have two classes coming up. Yes, we've taken our Creative Makeup Bootcamp, which was originally two days, and we've actually decided to do it in one day, where we can take all the most impactful moments and create this intensive, immersive experience. Um, we have two coming up, one in New York City on August 31st, and another one again on September 3rd. So there is so much information. We don't even, we'd have to spend another half an hour talking about what we actually cover. Um, but you guys can check it out at www.thecreativemakeupbootcamp.com. Um, drop us a line at the creative makeup bootcamp at gmail.com and we can answer any questions that you have there. And I'm really excited because today the participants of iArtist get a chance to spend some really intensive time with you. Minds will be blown. Um, the morning session, Elijah, already yes. started off with a bang. And I'm just really excited for the rest of the event and how they're going to be able to experience this and get a taste of what you guys have to offer. So thank you for being I'm just so amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm about to lose control <laughs> and I think I like it. You guys keep pushing, keep dreaming, keep working. We are so excited to have all of you next to us as part of this artist family. We love you all. Please keep following us, and liking don't stop us, creating. sharing us. Never don't stop creating. Stop crea- I don't Creator. want to sing it to all right. This is when you yeah, guys turn are. us off <laughs> yeah. because we start our karaoke series. But thank you so much. We love you. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.